Hello and welcome, fellow creatives. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging and inspiring you to keep creating. Thanks for joining us on this journey to explore all things creative. I'm Derek Wagner. And I'm Riley Peterson. And this is the Living Creativity Podcast. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Today we're going to wrap up our conversation with Haley King. I really enjoyed this conversation because as it's November when this was recorded, we get to dive into that whole aspect of how all the writers around are kind of creating this community around creativity and writing. And uh, it was just really fun, inspiring conversation. I know you're really going to enjoy it, so let's get to the show. It's interesting that you said play. Because I think I, I've, I've been thinking about play a lot lately. And I think that um, I think that's kind of a lot of what it is, isn't it? Um, just as an adult, it's hard to play. Yeah. Like kids are just constantly engaged in that, like wanting to play, wanting to just and every time they play, it's they're doing something creative, right? Like playing with their action figures or their dolls or they're playing an imaginary game, you know, outside or something like whatever it is they're they're creating and playing. And it's all happening simultaneously and we just stop playing for some reason like maybe it's during adolescence or post-adolescence but we just figure out oh well we've got to survive now and there's no time for play but I don't know, a lot of what what i think i've been trying to recapture in a way is like being able to play you know mm-hmm. and I, you know whether That's it's good. playing music because there's an element of of play that you're doing i think when you're doing that particularly when you're doing it with other people but, you know, I mean, undeniably, it's like writing these stories. It's like I'm just playing with action figures, but in my head yeah. <laughs> and they can do yeah. magic and, and blow things up. And it's really cool and fun. But there's playing with dragons. Um, yeah, it's, it's so it's such Spoiler. an interesting observation. <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, no, it's epic fantasy. There, there will be dragons. There, there will be dragons. Ooh, is that the title? No, that, that was already been taken. It's been taken. I thought already about it. Uh, dang it. Uh, there will be dragons. Yeah. I don't know. I, I find that just to be a bit of an, an interesting thing to, to reflect on. Yeah. What, 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 uh, tell me, Haley, what other insights do you got that I can just be blown away by? Let them loose. <laughs> yeah. No pressure. No pressure. Just insights about playing <laughs> generally. Yeah. I did want to talk about some insights around NaNoWriMo this month. Yes, um, yeah. Can you, sorry. in case there are uh, people like my dear friend Riley here who has no idea what <laughs> NaNoWriMo is, sounds like you just spoke a foreign language. <laughs> so November is National Writing no- Novel Month. Did I get that correct, Eric? Uh, I think National Novel Writing Month. National Novel same thing. Writing Month. Um, so where it's people decide to write a novel in one month, so they have to write 50,000 words and they split that up into, I think it's like 1,667 words per day. So one will correct like me. Yeah, every day. And then at the end of November, you have a novel, a very short novel if you're Derek. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the opening chapter if you're Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Talked about that verbiosity coming in, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I just think there's something about 
because we've been talking quite a lot about the connectedness that art can give you and creativity can give you. I think there's something really special about this month. Not that I join in because I think it's slightly crazy, but to have so many people around the world attempting to write mm. a novel at the same time and just the camaraderie that they get from sitting in a room together or just posting what the word count is and the way writers cheer each other on. It's incredible. It's really incredible. Mm. So keep, if, if you're one of those people, keep writing, keep going. Yes, yeah. definitely. And it, it, it's interesting because, you know, one of the things that we've been doing lately, or some of us have been uh, posting on our, our uh, MeWe group, talking about like our word counts for the week or, you know, what scenes have we finished or, you know, whatever. And yeah, like November, if you're online at all, seeing any writing groups talking about NaNoWriMo, then everybody's constantly every single day, like telling you whether or not they hit their goal and the camaraderie, like you said, everyone's like, you can do it, cheering you on, you know, trying to motivate everybody to just write that story, you know, write that, that, that next, you know, 1,667 words. It's, it's so cool to see, you know, speaking of uh, writing groups, it's like there's this worldwide writing group that happens every November and it's, it's really exciting to see. I also have, I'm not participating in it. I've attempted to in the past and it's been an abject failure. So <laughs> I, I will just continue my routine that is currently working. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> is there a certain like place where it like a hub where everybody like, a, I don't know, is a face group book group or if it's like a website, you, like you kind of all filter through in terms of like this event of. You know, yeah, I think I think there's a main website, isn't there in my local area? Um, my regional one is in Manchester and there's been photographs oh, okay. online of um, them doing really late night rights. So they sit in and they hire a place out all night long and people go after work and they all sit together and write. Um, I think if you complete it, you get a special badge that you can share on your social oh. media. Um, I never did it officially because it's so much to write. And with young children, that pressure never quite worked for me. But I can see how it would be very, very motivational. But it is, it's a highly organized thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, uh, there's like an actual, like nanorimo.com or .org or something like that, where you can go and like register and like even put like the, the working title of your project and you update your daily word count. And I know that like if you win, there's like some different prizes or whatever that they award to, or maybe it's not even, I think if you just register or something, you get some like, uh, rewards just for like being part of the the contest or whatever and the fun thing too is that it is a bit of a contest but the person you're competing with is yourself you know you're like can i can i beat the resistance out of me and can i can i just show up and write every day and that's that's so fun that's like one of the for me like the highest forms of competition is like competing against myself and can i mm. can i beat the part of myself that doesn't want to write the part of myself that wants to just you know seed over to whatever it is that's trying to prevent me from creating. Um, it's really fun. There's something about writing on a, a bit of a deadline too, that I think is really, really helpful. Um, I don't know if that translates over to all other forms of creativity, but certainly I've experienced it where um, I think I told the story on the last recording actually, where uh, a few weeks back, or maybe it was a couple months ago. Now you guys were all like, Hey Derek, how's your writing been going? And I'm like, Oh, it's kind of a slog. And I'm hoping to submit something someday, but I don't know. And you're like, well, you have to finish what you're working on now by January. And I'm like, 
oh, okay. And then next thing you know, it's like, you know, October and I've got it done. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that as a win. That's a huge. Is there a musical equivalent, equivalent Riley, where musicians do some kind of? Well, I, well, I think deadlines are just super helpful. I've realized in my own life, like deadlines are needed and they really are inspiring because <laughs> I'm the type of person that likes to procrastinate. Yeah. And then if you set a deadline or somebody else sets a deadline for you, then it's like, okay, I don't want to let them down. And like, that's motivation enough. Um, but I'll have to Google it. Is there a I, national songwriting month? I have no idea. I know there's like a national poetry writing month, isn't there? Is that? Well, that sounds I think, good. I think a, a friend of mine who writes poetry, she's mentioned something about that, I think, in the past. Wouldn't it be a National Poetry Day? I, I know. I'm going to offend no, poets poet. around the world. I'm sorry, but, but can't you, <laughs> can you not much write easier. a poet in a day? Like, <laughs> Jordan's going to come after us. I know. He's going to kick my butt. I know. Um, he's going to come over. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what are you talking about? Um, I, well, I, I think the... Can you write a poem a day? Probably. Will it? I, I, my intuition is that like the better poems are the ones that you like sit on and rework. Right. But yeah. And, and I think the, the, the goal just like with writing is to like continue every single day. So hopefully you're writing new poems each day. I think I don't exactly know. I've never participated in it. I don't write many poems these days, so <laughs> I couldn't speak to that. So hmm. our uh, poet creatives who are listening, you know, let, let us, us know. know what's what we're missing here. Yeah. And and. Yeah, we'll have to sort that out. <laughs> yeah. I think NaNoWriMo, though, it kind of tries to replicate, like, say if you're in a band and you've got gigs, you kind of have that feedback cycle of you mm. create a piece of music together, you work together yeah. collaborati- collaboratively. Sorry, my, it's late at night here in the UK. I'm losing all my words. <laughs> <laughs> you work together and then you get feedback from your audience quite quickly. And I feel frustrated that writing's different so different from that and it can be so you can be so isolated because there's not Mm -hmm. that feedback loop and there's not that let's work together on a song or if you're in a band and I think that's what our writing Sheg tries to recreate in a way where you're sharing things together and you have that audience and that feedback loop um because my novel's taken three years to write and it's a long long way from being a book in a shop and your ego needs a bit of validation from somewhere. Well, mine does. I massively need a bit of validation. And I do wonder if I was in a band, would I be able to access that validation a little bit quicker? Would I be able to perform my song on a stage the week after perhaps and get a little clap, a little round of applause? Yeah, I I think that that's real. I mean, the number of times that like when working together, when we were, you know, in high school writing Mm -hmm. music and stuff. And like, I remember many times because Riley is just this like amazing songwriter. And so the rest of us, I felt like we're writing together when we were writing. I, I did some like, especially writing lyrics because, yeah, you know, lyrics. words. Right. But um, <laughs> Riley's running off and like he'll write not only the lyrics, but the entire like uh, song, like vocal melody and like a guitar uh, instrumentation for it. And then he's got in his head like the whole rest of it playing out, too. And he'll show up and be like, hey, I wrote this song. And I'm thinking he's going to hand me a piece of paper with like lyrics on it because that's usually my version of songwriting. But then he's like, all right, sit down. And he busts out his guitar and starts playing it. And yeah, you get that feedback pretty, mm-hmm. like you're able to get it more immediately, which is, yeah. I think, probably really helpful. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. When you present something new and even if it's in its early stages, um, you do, 
it is really nice to have that feedback and you know because you can get that well i like this but i didn't get this or i don't under it didn't resonate with me or whatever and yeah it it is nice yeah it is nice to have that validation that the little consistent validation through your process so and i could see i'd be really tough as a writer when you haven't released anything to the public and so you're just like is this am i i guess anything that i'm doing like making is this any good yeah does it work at all does this work at all or yeah and you know that was that was uh definitely my experience before joining the shag you know is just like I, i think i had been writing the story that i'm still trying to wrap up now um I think at the time I'd been already writing it for like three years. And mm-hmm. so by the time, or maybe it was, I can't remember. I don't know. At any, so the, many the, the years. Point, You've lost yeah, count, Derek. Many, so many years. This is going to be the best book ever written by the time I'm done with it. Cause the amount of years. No, if that was the case, then uh, George R. R. Martin would be busting out song of ice and fire, finishing that up soon. But um, yeah, I just remember wondering like, I have no way of knowing if this is actually good because I read it and I'm into it, but I'm also, you know, into it because I'm writing it. So who knows if that means anything? Um, I did. It's occurred to me lately, like the utility of writing shorter pieces of work or even just like short stories. You know, am I can I tell a story at all? You know, there's Mm -hmm. immense value in actually completing something that you've worked on and, and then getting the feedback on it, even if it's not good feedback, because then, you know, you know. I think, Derek, that's a sign of a true writer for you to utter that question. Can I write a story at all? Only, only a true writer would utter that question. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm humbled by that, that, uh, that compliment. It feels good. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, I think that feedback loop is, is critical. I think that if you don't have that, then I think you'll probably end up missing out on maybe a little bit of some of the, the, you know, the ego stroking that might be necessary, but also some of the, the, the crushing feedback too. Cause I think that that's almost as important as, as the yeah. occasional pat on the head, you know? Oh yeah. Well, and it's incredible what things you didn't realize were so inspiring and you actually need to hold on to those and kind of like not replicate, but tap into that throughout your story or throughout your song you know, certain things that you didn't think, I mean, I mean, how many, I've, I've, I've said this before, but like how many times have bands or musicians had the song and they did not think it was going to be right. Like that big of a song. And it's like Huge. world, world, you know, world renowned or whatever. So it, it's, it's, it is, it is really interesting. And, and it is good to have that feedback. Cause then, like I said, you know what to hold on to and you know what to like, Oh, I have, I have this gift or this ability to do this well. And so I'm going to work on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely difficult. I, I don't know what your experience has been like with the Shag Haley, but it was like terrifying. You know, I mean, you mentioned, right? Like everyone's a complete stranger. I think that I might've had the worst experience because I came in like the only unfamiliar face in a group that was already established five oh. other people. Right. And I'm like, what if I am just like deluding myself here thinking that I'm actually, you know, writing good words on a page that makes sense because, and especially cause you know, I already mentioned yours, your, uh, writing was the first writing that I read and it was like so good. And I was like, 
oh no, what have I done? <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to be so embarrassed at the, I shouldn't even go to the next meeting. I'm so out of my league. Yeah. That's, that's legit how I felt. It was, it was so terrifying, but I'm glad that I didn't chicken out and that I stuck with it because, oh my gosh, the feedback, it's been crazy. You know, one of the things that I was occurring to me is just, you don't know what other people see, you know, you can only see what you can see. It's like, we are completely and utterly blind to other people's perspectives. And so you need that to see like, you know, what's when, when I give this to Haley and she reads it, like, what are the things that she's going to see that I just am completely missing? Yeah. I think give that's me more so dragons, critical. Derek. The dragons. Okay. Yes. Give me more yes. dragons. There were more dragons. Yes. yes. More Has dragons. that been taken yet? I don't know. I hope not because okay. that's, that's resonating now. <laughs> there were more dragons. By the way, I'm hoping to see some dragon somewhere in, in this middle grade fantasy story. It's like, come on, Haley. Ooh, hook me up. Hook me up. Could be. Throw them in there somewhere. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's my new title, Astrid and the Book Dragon. Ooh. Ooh yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I have a question. If you complete your, your main novel and you say, okay, I'm going to do this. It's, I, <laughs> I have edited this thing 20 times or however many times. I don't know how to what, death. How, yeah, how many drafts you do, whatever. So you know it's done. It's complete. And you publish it. Are you going to be okay if it only impacts one person deeply? No. <laughs> okay. What number? Is there a number in your head or in your mind? Or is there a, I mean, what's the like, oh, I'm successful. I'm, it was a success. I think it needs to be more than one. Okay, so, two. Higher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more. I think more. it's hard because it sounds, I feel like it's a trick question. Because it sounds really disingenuous to say if it has this great, deep, lasting impact on this one person, yeah, then it's enough and it's been enough. Mm. But it doesn't, it doesn't feel enough to me. I think okay. I've created a piece of work and the more people who read it and enjoy it, the more satisfying that will be for me. And it's okay. a terrible numbers game, which actually is really hard for a creative to do because we're not supposed to care about numbers. We're supposed to just do it because we love it. And actually, I'm here to say I want to do both. I, I do it because I love it. But the number of readers matters to me. Um, yeah. And I don't have an exact number in my mind. But I would like for a wide audience to be reading something I've created. Yeah. Wow. And that might be complete ego. And it might be, it, it feels like a terrible confession. It feels like a really awful thing to say. I don't think but it's it, terrible. I don't think it is at all. I mean, I think, I think that is deep down what everybody ultimately wants. They want their book to be popular. Yeah. Right. Whenever you write something, you yeah, are I, hoping. I, I have a hard time imagining that there's someone out there who's written a book and says like, I hope that a couple people read this and love it. Only, and that's only it. two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I hope this doesn't ever go beyond. I hope I don't make a million dollars. Like, why would you, like, why would you even publish it? Just like, just... <laughs> Take a copy and make it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. And I don't think that desire or that want is wrong or by any means. It, but it I was feels, just curious. It feels like a dirty confession, though, doesn't it? It feels like something we as creatives can't say. That I, I'm not allowed to say that I want to be successful and I want to be 
like a Sunday Times bestseller or a New York Times bestseller. Right. It, it feels like it's wrong for me to say that. But it's what my ego wants. There's no way around well, it. Even, I, I want, an I want even to be dirtier successful. thing to say, Haley, is that you maybe you want to earn like money. Yeah. Like you want yeah, to. Yeah, that feels worse. Too, yeah, right? that's like ew. You're gross as a creative if you want to like earn money from your writing. Like, what's wrong with you? You've, yeah. You have, you have tainted the purity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and- how dare you say something like that? You're supposed to just bleed from your fingers while you type and enjoy it, and yeah. that's enough. Cut yeah. your ear off. Yeah. Too. And it is enough. It is enough because it's it it really nourishes me as a person. However. I love the question on your podcast when you say to people at the end, and what, is, what does success look like to you? Or mm-hmm. how do you define success? And it's a really, I'm just asking myself the question, gents, I'm so sorry. Just interviewing no, myself. Fine. You for, took it from my mouth. And you have had the most inspiring, incredible answers. And I always feel like a terrible person at the end because I think, well, success to me is that I can make a living from this craft. And it makes me feel like I'm a bad person, but then I feel quite angry about that. Whereas mm. in any other profession, I'm allowed to want to make money. Yeah. Um, like I, I'm not a capitalist. I'm not a greedy person. I'm a teacher. I teach 10-year-olds. I'm, I'm quite a nice human being, but I expect to be paid for that job. It's something yeah. I've worked hard at. And my writing, I've worked really hard at it. I've yeah. <clears throat> like put hours and hours and hours, and I've studied the craft, and I spend my life listening to podcasts about it. Um, we were feeding back, Derek, at one point, like about 7,000 words each week. We were giving feedback on, editing, mm-hmm. um, submitting our own work every single week. And so why can I not say that actually I'd like to work, make a living from it? Why can we as creatives, yeah. why aren't we allowed to say it? Why is that a dirty concept? Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's – so what, I don't know if this is the answer or maybe it gets at the answer, but my sense is that it's – there's multiple things at play here. I think one of them is that there's like this really just romantic idea of creativity, you know, and the idea that creativity is supposed to be for anything other than itself, I think is like this strange misconception. And I I think it like for me, I, I know I've said this before, like I was kind of careful to pick writing in a way because I asked myself the question multiple times with different things in my life. But the question was, like this thing that I'm spending all this time doing, like if I never made any money off of it, would I still do it? And for everything else, the answer has mostly been no, you know, but writing mm-hmm. is the one thing that I'm like, I'm, I will be okay if that doesn't happen. But because at the same, how fulfilling it is for because you. it is very personally fulfilling and satisfying. But at the same time, like, man, would that just be like everything to me if I was able to, and I, I don't even like, you know, like I, you, I know that you maybe feel a little differently, right? But like for me, I'm like, I don't necessarily need all of the other stuff. Like if I could like earn enough to like help support my family and just be writing, like that's great. Like I'm totally comfortable and cool with that. And I don't think there's anything wrong either, by the way, with like wanting to be a Sunday Times bestselling author or, you know, earn that that million pounds that you've been uh, talking about, right? But <laughs> Um, like, I'm going to be known as your greediest. Yes, guest no, not ever. at all. Well, <laughs> don't have I think her on again. That greedy woman. No, no, not at all. But it, I think it's it's so necessary because it is true that there is like this like gross aspect in a way to like 
admitting it. But I think if everyone is honest with themselves, right, like they want some of that financial success and there's nothing wrong at all with admitting that. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that as creatives, I I think part of the problem is that creativity is really, really hard to quantify, right? Like that's why I think the publishing industry or like the, the, you know, world of music in that industry, it's so hard to like figure out like how to justly pay uh, artists, you know, it's like, how do you exactly do that? Because do you, do you have opinions on like the writers' strikes that have been going on in your country? Yeah, I mean, I so I have to admit, I haven't. This is like heresy for me to say, but I haven't like paid super close attention to it. Um, I've it's one of those things that's got a bit of like a political air to it, which I find politics very fascinating, but it also like really captures a lot of my uh, cognitive space, and then it's hard to get out of. So I, I tend to avoid it, but I. I, I think that essentially what's happening with like the writer's strike is this problem and the fact that, you know, we are in a capitalist society where, you know, everyone's motivated to earn their own way, which I don't personally have any problems with. It's just that it becomes very, very corrupt when so much of the power and money and influence at the top of the hierarchy um, has so much sway over everything else, which I'm very grateful that, you know, there's these unions that are able to come in and kind of help collectively represent those writers mm-hmm. because and I think the the public misconception is that all these writers are earning, you know, all this money and they're sitting very comfortably but the vast majority of the writers in the professional writing industry are earning like minimum wage or less. Yeah. You know, and so all. it's it's very um it's a huge misconception first of all and then yeah, there's also that sense of like how do you pay, like, how do you know how much to pay a writer? Because, you know, if you want to go back to your earlier analogy of bricklaying, like there's kind of a good way that we can quantify like how to pay a bricklayer, right? Like we, it's not hard to figure out things that are more tangible and things that have more of like a quantifiable nature to it. But the more abstract the work is, the more difficult it is to figure out how to compensate those people for that, which is, I think, why you have the problem of like um, in the, in the medical field, like figuring out exactly how to pay some of the medical staff in there, because it's not as simple to quantify as it is for something that's really tangible. And you can like see people who are like working on the road and, you know, you have people like competing for those jobs and for those certain wages and there's unions backing them up, but it's really hard for other fields. I think to just, quantify their value because there's an aspect to their nature that is invaluable yeah well it's a product thing right bricklaying road building you see the product yeah but you know you can ask someone to write fifty thousand words and then you ask someone else to write fifty thousand words and you know it's still fifty thousand words but the quality can be vastly different yeah and And even if there are you quantify that yeah. And that, can, I, yeah, I think, I think that's a good point. You, you can quantify it retrospectively. So like how writers work from royalties. So you get in advance mm. and then the royalties after that is when the product has been quantified. And actually yeah. this book has sold 1 million copies. And so that is quantifiable. And yeah. I, think, I think what's really hard to take is that when you have people sitting at the top of these organizations and they are earning so much Right. And like in the UK, we've had 
cases where, oh, all staff in certain organizations have been laid off and sacked. But, oh, the CEO of the organization has just paid himself hundreds of millions of pounds and has a, the most amazing pension and off he sails into the sun. And the rest of the workforce is just left with absolutely nothing. And yeah. you think you can quantify art retrospectively by how much it then makes for that company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, obviously, I don't have any solutions at all, but I just feel so frustrated when there are such power imbalances between the people mm-hmm. doing all the work at the ground level and actually yeah. people sat at the top making obscene amounts of profit. Yeah. And it, it's hard. I've, I truly hesitate to say that there should be some sort of like upper limit to what people can earn, because I know I don't want that upper limit imposed on myself. Right. Like if by some stroke of luck, you know, I'm able to write an amazing book that everybody wants to buy. I, I will feel like, yeah, I deserve that. You know, let me have the money. But at the same time, it's very, very clear that like in the case of like with the writer's strike and everything that those like executives who in I think most cases are completely and utterly disconnected from, you know, the actual art side of it. They're really just business. business. Yeah. And that's that's where their mind is at. And they're, you know, just sitting on piles of money. Right. Like the idea that that's the case while well, you've got like the aforementioned, you know, below minimum wage earning writers that are also waiting tables or, you know, whatever else they're doing in order to make ends meet. It is. It's, it's gross. Like that's the like if there is something that's actually gross and all of that, that's one of those things, I think, which it, it's I, again to echo what you said. I don't know what the answer is. Hopefully uh, the unions and everything. I, I heard that they recently came to a tentative agreement, and I hope that it's one that is really, really um, satisfying and meaningful for those writers, because I think that will say something, you know, about their effectiveness as a union and as a collective to be able to to fight against that that power imbalance but yeah it's painful i wish that it was like an easier task to to you know not have to wait for the back end to quantify it yeah um because i think that's where a lot of the difficulty comes in um i don't know i i speaking of royalties i wish that the public publishing industry uh, didn't have such uh traditional publishing let's say such low royalty rates for for authors because you know the even within professional traditional publish uh traditional publishing the vast majority of writers who are traditionally published aren't doing it full time you know they're earning like some less than like $15,000 a year in in US dollars uh on it so it's yeah it's <laughs> it's insane um it, I, I, I don't know to, I went to an event um in Manchester near me to hear three debut authors speak about their books and just discuss things. And I went to be really inspired and thought, oh, I can't wait till I I can leave my job and I'm just a writer like these guys. And then it turns out all three of them still have full-time jobs. (laughs) I sat with my friend like, I'm I'm sorry, what? What? Yeah, definitely. So they work work an eight-hour day and then go home and then write for three or four hours. You're like, that's what I've already been doing. (laughs) Wait a minute, I could be up there. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel it's why why I get so angry with this, I don't know, the the kind of expectation that as creatives, money is a dirty word. We're not allowed to want to earn a living from it. And I don't know where that feeling comes from, that it's a, a bad thing to want or to talk about, but I really rebel against it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I hear that. I think the the other thought I had too is like even for I guess working class or people who are you know writers and are just starting out. I think it's kind of ultimately comes back to like know your worth. Mm -hmm. I know that's something that you know I I think we you and I have talked about personally because yeah because even when you were sharing with me like because you were wanting to do the ghostwriting and you're like I don't know and like this is what she's offering I'm just like hey man you you're like your writing is more valuable than that Mm -hmm. and so i had to like kind of i tried to remind you you i was i was trying to remind him in terms of like hey you've put in how many years now (laughs) to your own book and you're joining this group and you put devoted so much time that's value and you and you should be compensated for that because you're not writing just you know i don't remember what um you call them milestones, but I don't mm-hmm. remember which miles rewards were. But when you're when you're hitting a milestone, you're not putting out garbage, right? So yeah, that was. I think that's where it all boils down to is like if everyone can not just take okay, you know, it's paying nine ten dollars an hour. I'm just gonna go for it. And if if people can know their value, understand that, and and be okay with confronting, you know, the. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the right word is, but be able to have that conflict and conversation of like, no, this isn't enough. And if everybody could do that collectively, I think that yeah. would make a huge difference. Yeah. I, th- I think one of the things too, that occurs to me, you know, just at least in my own experience, like I, I think that it's I'm trying to think of the right thing to say here. <laughs> so I think that creatives tend to be a little bit more agreeable oftentimes, yeah. not always, but you know, it's often the times it's often the people that are very disagreeable uh, that end up in, you know, kind of like business, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, and it's, it, disagreeability is a really, really good trait when it comes to like, just, Hey, I know my worth and I'm not going to, you know, see an inch of ground of that worth to you in the form of dollars, you know, but like for me, the idea of like having a bit of a confrontation or conflict with who you're negotiating with is like mortifying. Yeah. Uh, so you know that that's i think that's probably part of the equation too i'm sure that there are disagreeable creatives out there that maybe don't feel that same levity and they still face the issue of you know the power imbalance and they still face the issue of um how do you you know trying to convince someone that your your writing is still worth that i don't know it's 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 really complex i don't think that mm. we recognize the full uh, complexity of the situation um unfortunately but yeah, it definitely is one of the frustrating aspects of creativity um, for me because, you know, a bit of my story, if someone hasn't heard at this point, is that I pursued all sorts of different pathways uh, and eventually dropped out of college because I was like, I don't even know why I'm here because I can't figure out what it is I'm supposed to do or if I what I want to do or anything to do, really. What skills should I even try to acquire that, like, I would feel you know, happy or like it is meaningful for me to, to acquire these skills. And, um, yeah, it turns out it's really hard to like outside of just like flipping burgers and McDonald's or something, you know, it's like hard to just declare that like, you know, Hey, you should hire me because I am a skilled person that can do tasks X, Y, and Z when you don't have like some sort of credentialing or, or something like that, you know? And, um, all the other skills that I have are all like kind of soft skills. Like I'm really great at talking to people and I'm really good at writing or I'm really good at, you know, these other things that are again, hard to, to 
to, I guess, like quantify or prove or, you know, things like that. Um, and so, yeah, that makes marketing yourself a little bit more challenging. So when I'm sitting there at the negotiating table with, with a client, um, yeah, it's kind of, it feels a little weird to do that, you know, because it's like, well, I don't, she doesn't see the process, you know, behind the getting the story written, you know, she doesn't see me plan it out or brainstorm it or, you know, plot out the, the, the story. So when that final product does turn up, like she has no idea I guess other than her own subjective judgment, whether or not it's any good until it gets to that back end where it starts like turning a profit for. Her. So yeah, that's really it's quite the conundrum, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's really on my mind at the moment because obviously I want to enter the, the publishing profession. And it's a huge shift in mindset to go from a creative who's just by themselves or with the writing group working and then all of a sudden you're entering what can be quite a cutthroat industry. Um, and an yeah. industry very much fueled by performance. And if somebody at an acquisitions meeting likes your pitch or um, I've been doing a lot of research and really trying to psychologically prepare myself for that shift, because I don't think yeah. it's something that creatives are typically cut out for or prepared for. Um, if I had that that's... kind of brain, I would be in a different profession. <laughs> well, that's really good that you're preparing yourself. I think that's really wise. Very. Um, that's, that's awesome that you're already kind of getting yourself in that mindset and knowing what to expect. I think that's really smart. Yeah. Disappointment, Riley, is uh, what I'm preparing for. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> all my research points to prepare for disappointment. <laughs> prepare for disappointment. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think that's the trouble with a lot of creatives, though, is that they maybe don't have like that preparedness for what is to come in all likelihood because i it's a sad reality that just like most of the creative output from even a single individual but from people writ large it, they just are not going to see that level of success um so that's it's very discouraging but i think that it can be really helpful to kind of like yeah prepare yourself for it and to learn exactly what to expect so that you can start i guess like planning your next move from that perspective um it's, I think it's really disappointing for a lot of people when they do, you know, pour their heart and soul and all the blood, sweat and tears, all that into their work only to send it to an agent and for that agent to give it a form rejection, meaning that they maybe perhaps had an assistant look at it and say, no, thank you. <laughs> or, or typically no response at all. Yeah. Is, is the typical mm. response would be in the querying process. True. Um, not that I've started true. that yet. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully soon though right we're uh, yeah we're gearing up that direction we're back to my difficulties with finishing things oh um, here we I, go let's hear I, it <laughs> i turned 40 in january um oh, january just gone why thank you mm-hmm. <laughs> i didn't need to do anything for it i just naturally <laughs> aged. Um, I just, hey staying alive yeah just accidentally got there um <laughs> and i thought i wanted to be querying to agents on my 40th so I had this momentous occasion of I finished my novel, out it goes into the world. And here I am. What month are we even in now? November. Mm-hmm. Many, many months later, 11 months later. Have I queried agents yet? No, I have not. Mm. Um, and my book is going through another round of edits. And I do wonder, like, is a piece of artwork ever done? Am I just going to rotate around this <laughs> novel, yeah. editing it forever and ever? Um, so we shall see. Yep, caught in the editing loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've been there. 
Definitely. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where it's hard. Like you put in, I don't know how I put this, but it was like, oh, if I put in a thousand or 500 more hours into this and I get 10% better, okay, it's worth it. If I put 500 hours into this and it gets 1% better, I think that's, I think you're done. Like at yeah. that point, yeah. it's like as good as it can be. Yeah. I, I almost feel like at a certain point, you're going to start taking off percentage points you know of like quality yeah and it's gonna start yeah going negative start Absolutely. unraveling yeah <laughs> so hopefully so my new deadline i keep just okay. re-extending the deadlines my new deadline is for my next birthday my 41st birthday in january when i will All be right. sending it out actually sending it out i feel like i need some kind of axe held over my head derek or if i don't okay, send cool. it out you just need to drop that guillotine <laughs> you said it i mean you've spoken it on this podcast so now yeah. it's real now it's real now it's written in stone <clears throat> yeah uh, anyone know. anyone who listens uh, <laughs> you know hey, come, come january start start messaging Haley on instagram where is it Haley? have where you sent it? the queries out <laughs> oh that's too good well that's we'll funny. uh we'll try to try to keep you keep you to that deadline i know that uh all of us in the shag are certainly rooting for you and hoping yeah to see you get that done so i don't know send it send us a a draft or something like a ba- an early draft and we'll we'll have to send yeah. it out for you if we don't hear from you by a certain day in january that is such a good idea i'll send you everything and then yeah. if i've not done it you can just send it for me yeah just there click that button that i don't seem able to click yeah um, yeah and then yeah. it goes out whether you like it or not so That's make sure fun. it's the draft you want <laughs> make sure it's the draft <laughs> Because there has to be like a negative consequence, right? You yeah. have to. Yeah. You gotta have a. Yeah. Derek will send it out, and it'll have dragons in it. Yes, I, I'll just. In fact, I'm just gonna literally find like clip art of dragons, insert it into the text of the story, and then all the agents are gonna be like, "We cannot take her seriously." So it's a really big deal, Haley. Get this story out there. Yeah. And I recently was listening to. Um, is it Seth Godin on the importance of shipping your work? And it doesn't count until you ship your work. Mm, yeah, right. And so I really just need to click send. But in all fairness, it does need one more structural edit. Okay, okay. I think it will be more than a 10% increase. I do have quite Good. a few errors where one minute it's daytime, then it's nighttime. Then someone was on a beach and there wasn't a beach. So I do have Ooh. just a few <laughs> structural things to iron out. Yeah, got to iron out some of those, those uh, inconsistencies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I dread to look back at what my what's shaping up to be, like I said before, almost a quarter of a million words and try to track all those uh, continuity problems that I'm sure are just all over the place. So uh, I guess we'll see. <laughs> oh, Derek. Why? Oh, that number of words is just insane to me. I know. I know. Well, hey, I am pleased to report. I think I mentioned this because I uh, recently submitted the middle build one to, to you guys. So um, I'm happy to report I shaved off like 8,000 words off of that, which I've never done before. I've never shaved off 8,000 words of anything. So this is, this is a good sign. Maybe I'm finally learning. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope anyway. <laughs> Wait for your feedback, Derek. Yeah, yeah. Once I get that feedback and you've all just completely Over. eviscerated what I've written, then we'll know. Oh no, it's great. Your writing's great. I always oh, really you. enjoy it. I appreciate that. That's uh very the, your words 
saying that uh, means a lot to me because I regard your writing as as amazing. So oh, to hear that from you is, is spectacular. And it sounds believable because it's British. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to all the listeners, you need to find a British person and have them I'm give you feedback you. because then you'll believe it. You'll actually like, oh, wow. True. I have a credible accent. I have a really northern yes. accent. <laughs> yeah, it's got um, kind of like almost. It's not Irish, but it's got like little hints of it. It's certain like certain words you say. It's like oh, it's cool. yeah. When That's Derek fun. does his British accent, he always does a Cockney accent. The Cockney. Yeah. Hello, yeah. Governor. <laughs> <laughs> See, up until uh, I met you and Laura, I didn't even know what a Cockney accent was. I just, you know, that was like whenever an American does a British accent, unless they're actually doing it like for reals. That's what you do. You're just like, hello, Gavna. Yeah. You know, like good day. Good eye. A Victorian That's child. That's Australian, isn't it? Australian, yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. So, well, I'm just hoping that with time, not only will my writing get better, but also my British accents will get better. And then I'll just someday be able to go visit you and Laura in the UK and we'll meet up and I'll just blend in. Blend in like a local. Yeah. 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 Not if you're calling people governor. Not if you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's like Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Like terrible. We'll dress you up as a chimney sweep, Derek. (laughs) You'll fit right in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yes. Like all the other British men walking around with their, oh, their chimney sweep uniforms. Some black sm- coal smudges on their face. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. That's, I'm so excited for that. Well, someday it will happen. When, when I've earned my, my first million and you've earned your first yes. million. Pounds. Laura, oh, yeah. Well, you, you've got to earn a million pounds. So yeah. different story, I guess. But same concept. But anyway, we'll, we'll have to meet up and, and crack open a bottle of wine or something and celebrate. We will. We will. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, be wonderful to do that. So, yeah. Did you have a, anything else that you uh, wanted to add? Um, or do you have any questions for us? Yeah. Let's. Because let's... we ask you a bunch of questions. So Yeah. It's, it's, I'm really interested to hear your band side. Uh... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so do you still perform or... No, 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 we do not. We're way too uh, busy and, you know, involved with family and stuff. I w- we've I feel like every single year at some point, one of us re-listens to the the no. album that we recorded. Uh-huh. And then we're, we talk to each other. And we're like, we need to get the band back together, <laughs> you know, and all of us are within like 50 miles of each other. So we could feasibly do something. It, but it could be done. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just hasn't hasn't happened. I wish we did. That would be fun. That be that would be actually. I'm really sensing fun. one day there'll be a reunion. Maybe when yeah. all your kids have flown the nest. Yes. And you'll get together. <laughs> maybe so. Uh, maybe so. Let's make I, it happen. I will say if if you really desperately want to hear uh, that 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 album, uh, it is on our website. Yep. Is so, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could go back and listen to the uh, the creative genius of the band, formerly known as Nothing. Yeah. So, what's your website? Living Creativity Podcast. And it's on there. How did yeah, I miss you, this? I, I, Haley, come on! I thought you were. Know, you know, so, I thought you were preparing for this. I'm a, come true, on. I'm, I'm a true fan. How did I miss this? I don't know. <laughs> Do we not promote it enough? Do we not? We probably. We should probably should like mention. Website. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. If anyone wants to contact us, uh, we've got our email. It's in the show notes, our website. 
Um, we've started a newsletter on Substack that we're sending out. I actually missed this week's newsletter. So I'm deeply sorry to the seven people that have currently subscribed. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll pick back up next week. Um, yes. Yeah. So check those show notes because we're usually provide ways to contact us. Our Instagram page is it fluctuates whether or not we're active on that, what we're posting because we're both busy, but we try to sometimes post things. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also I just want to say thank you for doing this podcast because I've said to Derek before, but now I'll say it publicly to all your listeners that it really is like therapy to me for a creative to listen to other people's journeys and to hear how people are, usually it's the, it's the sad stuff. It's when people are struggling. I think, yeah, it's making me feel better now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It's therapy for creative. So thank you so much for doing it. I always really enjoy listening. That's, that's a great way to, to, uh, to describe it. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah, definitely. I I appreciate it. I appreciate that you've been listening and you've, you've mentioned a couple times, you know, that you found it useful and, to me, that's that's all I'm hoping for, because what I discovered when I stopped being a lonely writer and joined the Shag and started getting feedback and having that community was that it was super helpful. And it was just yeah. even if I wasn't receiving feedback that week or anything, you know, just having other people who are into what I'm into and, you know, we're all kind of on the same page you know, commiserating over the difficulties or celebrating the achievements. Like, it's just so good to have that. And that's been, I think, both of our heart for mm-hmm. the this podcast since the beginning is just like, let's stop being lonely creatives and let's have this community, community you know. And um, one, of the, one of the things to drop another deal about the Substack newsletter is there is a section on there, um, like a, a community chat type thing that we're hoping to kind of just be able to, if anyone wants to be a part of it, wants to share what they're up to, or even if it's just replying to the newsletters that we send out with, you know, kind of what you're up to, or if you're creating something, if you're struggling with something, you know, let's like, we really want to have the opportunity to like be a community with other creatives. Yeah. Um, I think, I think we're beginning to get there. People are listening and they're, they're appreciating it and, that means a lot, you know, because that's, that's yeah. all we want. And if anyone needs images of dragons inserting into their work, Derek's mm-hmm. your man. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Part. I've, I love dragons, so I'll give them out for free. <laughs> we'll pray. Oh. <laughs> Is that a British accent on your part? <laughs> I don't know. I just, it just came out. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think Riley's getting tired. <laughs> Not to put him to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. Right? Yeah, uh, well, that's, that's so fantastic. Funny. Well, um, Haley, you're on Instagram. If anyone's wanting to yeah. to connect you on there, uh, yeah. what's your handle on Instagram? I'm Haley King writes. Haley King writes. I love the community on Instagram. So yeah, I'm very very encouraging. I love it on there. Seeing everyone just I don't know be encouraging to each other and and supporting each other in their creativity. It's really exciting really fun so yeah and um i'm gonna have to make sure that whenever it is that you get a book published i'm hoping it's artist in the lie right yeah 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 let's let's get that out there um at some point and then when when you get that published because it's gonna happen i'm manifesting it right oh Uh, when it happens we're gonna have you back on and, and we're gonna celebrate that together oh that would be amazing 
Absolutely. Yeah. We'll we'll get the champagne, get the wine, we'll celebrate. <laughs> do a little daydream on our and... part. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you bloody did it, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we'll look back at this moment and and it'll be beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you so much, both of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Thank you. It was really nice to meet you and to get to know you. And thank you for, yeah, just being authentic. And it was really fun. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I guess we better wrap this up. Let you get to bed. It's getting pretty late over there, right? So enjoy your evening. Thank you so much for taking time out of your night to to just talk therapy with us i guess yeah you're welcome thank you so much should we change the name of our podcast <laughs> should we call it living therapy therapy no i don't know i don't know i don't know i can't think of a good creative thing. therapy podcast creative therapy podcast. that sounds like we're trying to market ourselves as like therapists, therapists though we shouldn't do that yeah we're gonna get in trouble but we're you're my therapists you're my therapists okay, okay. cool <laughs> it works for me I'll take yeah, it. Sorry. I'll take it. <laughs> you know, I always wondered if I should have been a therapist. But. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Haley, once again, thank you thank and you. Uh, enjoy your evening. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Living Creativity Podcast. We hope you found value in today's discussion and are feeling inspired to live out your creative life. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links to any resources we may have mentioned and to join our Discord community where you can connect with other creatives. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any ideas or feedback you'd like to leave us, you can drop it in the appropriate channel on the Discord server, or you can send us an email at livingcreativitypodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, the best way to do so is by leaving a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. Thanks again, and as always, keep creating. Keep creating.